Happy Wednesday. Today on the show is Dr. Daryl Smith, Associate Professor of Management at Cedarville University. He is also joined by Chuck Proudfit, President of the Board for At Work On Purpose. Listen as these two men discuss how they use their vocations to glorify the Lord. Now here's your host, Mark Weinstein. Thank you, Sarah, and welcome back to another episode of the Cedarville Stories podcast. I am Mark Weinstein, your host, and I'm looking forward to today's conversation with Dr. Daryl Smith. Dr. Smith joined the Cedarville faculty back in 2018 after teaching at Cincinnati Christian University and Mount St. Joseph University, both in Cincinnati. But for much of his professional life, Dr. Smith served in the United States Air Force. In fact, he devoted 24 years as an instructor and research pilot with more than 2,000 flying hours. He also served on the faculty at the United States Air Force Academy, finishing his career as the Deputy Department Head for Academics. Dr. Smith also is the author of a book on aircraft safety titled Controlling Pilot Air, Controlled Flight into Terrain, and a book on leadership and the business of baseball titled Making the Big Red Machine, Bob Housem and the Cincinnati Reds of the 1970s. Both sound like great books to me. Also joining me today is Chuck Proudfit, president of At Work on Purpose. AWOP is an executive guiding ministry that equips and engages Christians to integrate faith and work through a wide range of events, training, coaching, and consulting support. Chuck is a graduate of Harvard University. So why am I talking with Dr. Smith and Chuck Proudfit today? Well, because there's an interesting Cedarville story to share as the university sponsors AWOP, and Dr. Smith is our liaison with AWOP. It sounds like we have a couple of really smart leaders on today's program, so I want to thank both of them for letting me join the, into the conversation, and welcome Dr. Smith and Chuck Proudfit to this week's Cedarville Stories podcast. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you. Yeah. It's Looking good forward. to uh, have you. On. We're doing this uh, podcast from the Cedarville Newsroom. So Dr. Smith is in studio with me and via Zoom. Chuck Proudfit is, and it looks like in his uh, office in Cincinnati. Um, so, so for starters, as we get this program going, I'm interested in knowing how the two of you met. Is there an interesting backstory? Yeah, I'll start with that. I was, uh, I have a lot of connections in Cincinnati, was working there and doing some uh, leadership I was directing a leadership program at a university and had some questions and somebody said, hey, you should meet Chuck Proudfit. Have you ever met him? And I'm like, no. So I contacted Chuck and we rendezvoused at a coffee shop in Montgomery and uh, Chuck pulled up and we we sat there for 45 minutes and uh, I was so intrigued by Chuck's story of how I came to know Christ. That took actually most of our time, but we did talk about some leadership development stuff we both have a passion for that, for Christian leadership, how we lead organizations effectively for the cause of Christ. And so that was our initial meeting. Okay. And and, and for the record, my very next question is to talk about Chuck's uh, conversion story and, and commitment to Christ. But is he telling the story uh, accurately, uh, Chuck? Yes, absolutely. It was a lot of fun, actually. We met at a Starbucks and we were sitting outside. I remember the day because it was sunny, but a little on the brisk side. But I was sitting there and I was so interested in Daryl's story that even though I was a little chilly, I didn't want to leave. If you've ever had that feeling where you're slightly uncomfortable, but you're really wanting to stay right where you are. And part of why I loved Daryl's background 
was that we were speaking in the space of leadership development, but Daryl comes from a military background. Yes, he does. And whenever you have, in my world anyway, somebody who brings real world experience like that, it's, it's huge in terms of taking any academic concept or construct and contextualizing it in a way that really works in the real world. And I saw in Daryl mm. somebody who could straddle those two worlds of of academia on the one hand and the marketplace on the other. Yeah, I agree with you. I, that's, that's one reason why I love talking with Daryl uh, just in normal conversation because I get that uh, regularly when, when we're together. So, um, But let's stay with Chuck a little bit because I did mention that I hear your story uh, and journey to Christ is, is a really interesting story. Can you share that with our podcast listeners? <laughs> sure. Probably unlike many of your podcast listeners, I did not grow up as a Christian. My parents had both walked away from the church, and so I grew up in a happy but not a holy household in Boulder, Colorado. I started to become slightly intrigued with the things of faith and religion as a student at Harvard University because I had many friends who came from a variety of faith traditions, and I could tell that there was something extra about them. They seemed extra grounded during difficult circumstances and extra focused on the future in a way that I could appreciate, but I didn't really understand. However, what really triggered my own spiritual search was my frustration with work. I graduated from Harvard. I took a job at Procter & Gamble, much to the horror of my parents, by the way, two English professors <laughs> who'd taken out a second mortgage on their house to send their son to Harvard with every expectation I'd go into an academic career. Sure. And instead, I land in greedy corporate America, working in the parochial Midwest. And then, to add insult to injury, Procter & Gamble assigns me to toilet paper. <laughs> So about a week after I started my job, my mom told me that she thought I was flushing my career down the toilet. <laughs> Very course, creative. Yeah, you know, as the young professional, you don't want to take any guff from your mom. But I started to wonder if maybe my mom was right. I was assigned to what was then a top secret project. It was a SWAT team, which is short for sell white cloud toilet paper at $2 a four roll. <laughs> we spent six months trying to figure out how to charge more money for something that was softer and thicker than anyone wanted to flush down the toilet. And the answer turned out to be that there wasn't a good way to do that. So we needed to take what's called a sheet count reduction. It's a way to do an indirect price increase. It's like when you open a bag of potato chips yeah. and it's mostly air right. and the chips are at the bottom. Well, this was similar. So I worked with manufacturing plants. I took 30 sheets off of each roll. We wound the rolls more loosely so the diameter was the same as before the sheet count reduction. We took a tiny increase in the thickness of the paper. And my job was to market it as new and improved. New because it had 30 fewer sheets and improved because it was thicker. And I was less than inspired. So if you can imagine a young man who's just months out of Harvard University with all these aspirations for climbing the corporate ladder and making my mark, and six months later, I'm getting promoted for short-sheeting the consumer. <laughs> and, and I guess what you could say is I had a midlife crisis in my 20s. Yeah. And it triggered for me a spiritual search to try to find some of that centeredness, some of that focus that friends of mine seem to have who came from a faith tradition. Over the course of 10 years, I studied comparative world religion and philosophy 
And I ended up coming to Christ at age 31, a young working professional, at that point spending most of my waking hours at work. Oh, my. I can honestly say, Chuck, I have never heard a testimony like yours. When it includes toilet paper, that's a, that's a new one for me. That's a- I lived in Mount Adams, which is one of the sure. hills that looks down over the, the urban core of Cincinnati, where I worked at Procter & Gamble. So I, I would there. walk to work. And the night that I was assigned this project for a sheet count reduction and I was feeling depressed, I walked home. And once I got to my bachelor pad, I went out on the deck of the apartment where I was living. And I was looking down over the skyline of the city. And of course, the Ohio River is flowing down through there. And unlike Colorado's clear creeks and streams, which was my history, this looked more like a mass of mud that was slowly moving downhill. And I saw an umbrella that like Mary Poppins had dropped her umbrella and it had fallen into the river upside down and it was bobbing and slowly moving down. And I thought to myself, that mass of mud is my career. I'm going to spend the next 10, 20, 30 years doing that. And I don't know how on earth I'm going to motivate myself to do it. So as I sat there completely depressed, this still small voice said to me, Chuck, do you remember just months earlier, all of those friends you made at Harvard who'd found God's truth that kept them centered, grounded, focused, and you might explore your spiritual foundation Mm. so that you could better understand what that looks like for you. When I did that, you know, at the time, I experienced it as a conversation between me, myself, and I. As I look back on that now, I realize that was the Holy Spirit yeah. tapping on my heart yeah, with a still small voice in a moment of crisis. Yeah. So you accepted Christ at an older age. So how did that decision to follow Jesus affect your professional career? Dramatically. By the time I came to Christ in my early 30s, I'm spending most of my waking hours at work. Not only that, my sense of church was not informed primarily by local church at all. It was informed by my reading of the New Testament, especially my favorite book of the Bible, which is the book of Acts, where you see the early church going viral. They went from 120 believers in an upper room to half the adult population of the Roman Empire within 250 years. They did it because they were integrating their faith in a winsome way, 24-7, 365. I was stunned to discover that 2,000 years later, most Christians don't live that way. Mm. And when it comes to work, we don't work that way. So we go to church on Sunday and work on Monday. We tend to separate our faith and work. The early church integrated faith and work. I felt convicted. If I'm spending most of my waking hours at work and I want God at the center of my whole life, then he has to be at the center of my work life. It was that realization that triggered for me a search to become faith active at work myself and ultimately to launch a faith at work ministry that goes by the name At Work on Purpose. What is the mission and vision of AWOP? The vision for At Work on Purpose is a vision of restoration, that a day would come when we could restore full 
Christian commitment and contribution to work. That's what the early church did. They were sold out to faith in their whole lives, including their work lives. So it's a vision of reclaiming mm-hmm. a 21st century expression of the first century church at work. That's the vision. The mission is to mobilize working Christians for vocational and cultural flourishing. In other words, right now, about 19 out of every 20 working Christians separates faith and work. Wow. We go to church on Sunday, work on Monday. It's only one out of every 20 working Christians who's faith active at work, 5%. Wow. The idea of mobilizing is to get ourselves off the bleachers and into the ball game. Yeah. And when it says to mobilize working Christians for vocational and cultural flourishing, what we're talking about there is not just finding and fulfilling God's vocational call on our lives at work, but also to understand that as working Christians, we have an opportunity through our work to pursue the peace and prosperity of the city where we work and where we live. As I hear you talk about your mission and vision, I believe Cedarville University and AWOP is on a similar trajectory, just different uh, venues, organizations. So with that in mind, how does uh, the similarity of missions benefit from a professional relationship being together and working in how you guys are working together? Yeah, I'll start and Chuck can jump in if if uh, fill in any gaps. You know, I, I, this is my fourth year here at Cedarville, and, and one thing I've been really pleased with with our business school and other schools here do it as well, but we've been working really hard to get our students out into internships that hopefully lead to jobs, but we want them to be part of that 5% that Chuck's talking about. So that 5% grows, right? We're like, hey, we want you to be a great accountant, but we want you to bring Christ with you into the workplace. And uh, how it's AWOP has helped me personally, I'm, I'm part of what's called a collaboratory uh, it's like a business roundtable, but it's, it stands for Collaborative Laboratory. Okay. I meet once a week. There's 10 other professionals, and I said once a week, once a month. We meet second Friday, and uh, it's iron sharpens iron. We have people from all walks of life, healthcare, the legal field, uh, nonprofits, uh, other businesses, tech firms. What it does for me, it enrich, enriches my experience I can bring back to the classroom just this past week, I brought a uh, compensation story uh, from a guy named John McCarthy, who's in my group. Uh, that enriches my classroom. I think on, on the flip side, what Cedarville has been able to do for AWOP is bring in some of our uh, research expertise. Uh, we're hoping to do a case study next summer on the origins and the foundings of AWOP. Uh, we have a couple of Guest speakers lined up for uh, for AWOP for the spring. Dr. Kevin Jones is going to be talking oh, good. with the Young Professionals Group, that which is really blowing up. That that segment of AWOP is really really growing like gangbusters right now. But Kevin Jones is going to talk to them about how their education is is affecting the way they view work. Uh, Michael Schur, our social work guy, is going to talk to employers at AWOP on how do you handle the extreme cultural pressures that are hitting 
the workplace. You know, a worker comes in and says, wow, you know, my teenage son is hooked on drugs or my mm -hmm. daughter attempted suicide. So, um, you know, Cedarville's expertise is biblical integration, right? right it's right. one thing that God's called us to is how do we integrate the Bible into the curriculum and into our work lives? And the fact that we can share people like Michael Schur, Kevin Jones, to inform the AWOP community of some tools mm -hmm. they can use to integrate sure. the Bible, I think is going to be really powerful. So, I mean, it's my understanding that uh, the partnership between Cedarville and AWOP primarily uh, touches on the gra our graduate programs, is it, is that, is, and especially the MBA. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, we, we are, uh, AWOP has several official partners. Uh, Cedarville is one of the partners of AWOP. And because of that partner relationship, folks in the AWOP network, and Chuck can tell you the numbers, he knows those better than I, but because we are have a partnering relationship, uh, folks in the AWOP network receive a 15% discount okay. for our graduate programs, not just the MBA, but you know we have a master's of leadership in our, in our Bible department. Of course, we have the pharmacy department, et cetera, our pharmacy degree rather. So they have access to all those at a discounted rate because of our partnership relationship. How does that how does that partnership work? How do how do AWOP peop, uh, people take advantage of that? First of all, we're looking for every avenue to build bridges of relationship strategically between Cedarville as a university and at work on purpose as a workplace community. So inside of our newsletter, <clears throat> which goes out every month to about twelve thousand people, we have a standing section of the newsletter that lays out the arrangement that we've set up with Cedarville so that there are discounted opportunities for connection. I also think just building on what uh, you're describing, Daryl, it is such a huge thing to be able to have a university like Cedarville that's focused on spiritual or Christian integration. Mm -hmm. In other words, faith fully integrated into life so that these students are stepping forward into their adult lives with that premise in place. The question is, once they graduate and become alums, how do you support their sustainable success living that way in a culture that is often antithetical to faith expression? For us, with that work on purpose, it's such an encouragement to have graduates who are hungry for faith in their work lives. For those graduates, it's our opportunity to give them a community of support. Uh, as we like to say, when it comes to faith at work, never go alone, hmm. because it's, it's, it's a hard road. And I also believe, and we've kind of just touched on this briefly, what a neat thing between At Work on Purpose and Cedarville to be able to explore what God has been doing through this citywide workplace ministry community and network. Mm -hmm. It's a distinctive model for workplace ministry that I do believe in many ways is a contemporary expression of the early church. To be able to understand at an academic level, what were its origins? How does it work? what would it look like to propagate the meme here so more people can participate in something like this is very valuable. I just think this is one more aspect of the relationship we have with Cedarville that we're just beginning to tap is to be able to bring academic research and publication to bear on some of what God's doing. As the partnership grows or continues to grow, 
what are some of the latest initiatives or maybe some of the dreams going forward where you and Chuck want to see this partnership grow and, and really benefit the global Christian community? Yeah, I, I want to give a shout out to Dr. Janice Suplee here at Cedarville. She called Jim Amstutz and I over a month or eh, about two months ago and said, uh, Daryl, what can we do to add value to AWOP? Yeah. We're excited about what they're doing. Uh, a lot of our graduates either go to Columbus, Dayton, or Cincinnati. So it's a it's a natural connection, and I hope we can get to the young professionals group here in a little bit because I'm excited that our young professionals going down to Cincinnati will have a community where they're not alone. But one of the real exciting partnerships I see on the horizon is Chuck and his team at AWOP this last year and a half, like many organizations, would be struggling with COVID. Sure. How do we adjust our working world to COVID? And what are some of the realities? And they're talking about pivoting. We talk about pivoting a lot. And part of that is being innovative. And as you know, we have Jim Stevenson up in Columbus. Yeah. And I've, I've connected him with AWOP. And he's going to do a, a series of things for the roundtables, the collaboratories, I believe in March around this idea of innovation. Of course, you know Jim Stevenson. There's nobody better Nobody. when it comes to that. I mean, Absolutely. the guy's just amazing, right? Yeah. So he's yeah. going to come in and do some workshops. And I just love, again, that we're able to bring uh, our biblical integration down to AWOP. And I'm really excited to see what those collaboratories are going to do once they get a hold of those ideas of innovation. And obviously, they're already doing things, but how they can take those back to their workplaces and it disseminates you know, from there. Sure. Chuck, did you, anything I didn't touch on there that's you think's important? I agree a thousand percent. I, I think there are so many fun possibilities. There are things already happening we build on and some new things that we could start doing. If I were summing it all up and I'm kind of looking at, at it through the lens of the student and their journey through young adult life, first of all, I think we'll have increasing opportunities to speak into the vocational choices of Cedarville students even before they graduate, to be able to step back and ponder, you know, where is God really calling me? How am I best wired for work? It is stunning when you realize that the vast majority of college graduates and graduate students that go out into the marketplace discover quickly that they're not in the right place. Mm -hmm. And it's an incredibly jarring experience mm -hmm. to try to figure out how to align yourself or realign yourself to the realities of work. I think there's a huge opportunity for us to help young people to think at a deeper level about their vocational choices before they even get out. So that's that's this first area that I think is really big. Second, uh, like Daryl was just touching upon, how exciting that... Cedarville graduates that will land in Cincinnati, Dayton, Columbus, and other places too, but especially in those three cities, would have an emerging community of support mm -hmm. with young professionals committed to a Christian worldview and just beginning to explore their vocational futures, that they could journey together mm -hmm. in that. I think that's huge. The third thing is this fruitful place of intersection between working professionals employed at Cedarville who have expertise in areas like innovation or perhaps publication in certain fields, whatever that is, and what I'll call faith at work practitioners 
in the At Work on Purpose community where we could connect dots and say, wait a minute, let's go do a project together. And Daryl, you're absolutely right that the collaboratories, collaborative laboratories for Christian workplace leaders are great forums to foster some of this interaction. It happens so naturally when you just allow it to. It's it's kind of like a Petri dish mm-hmm. for faith at work integration and innovation. I believe in the future that we'll have experiments that will be exciting and they'll be birthed out of relationship between Cedarville mm. and At Work on Purpose. Mm. Now, in our last segment, you guys both talked about the Young Professional Group. What is the Young Professional Group, Daryl? Yeah, um, AWOP has always been looking for ways to expand its reach. And, and one thing I think that hit uh, Chuck and some of the other leadership team is, hey, what are we doing for the folks in their 20s? You know, a lot, a lot of the folks in AWOP were probably 35 and above. And so they launched a young professionals group headed by a young man named Spencer Hogan. Spencer has been wonderful. I've, I've known him from some other organizations. And you can talk to the numbers, Chuck, but I think he said they're up to 120 now and the group's only been yeah. around for, what, a, less yeah. than a year? Yeah, I'm so proud of Spencer. I just, it's a thrill for me to see him experience what I did so many years ago with the birth of At Work on Purpose because we brought together a small group of working Christians, kind of like a life group for work life. Mm -hmm. And it just started to grow organically. And before we knew it, we were over 100 people and it just kept going. I see the same thing happening with Spencer and the young professionals. And I'm thrilled because we have a form of generational poverty when it comes to faith at work. Generation after generation of young Christians who grow up going to church, they go to youth ministry or whatever, but then when they get to college and graduate school and then graduate to go out into the workplace, it's as if this corrosive cultural effect just strips away their faith conviction, their faith integration. How cool to see something like this that is filling that void. Now, as I listen to you guys, and really for this podcast, this is really probably the first time I've heard of this partnership and and AWOP. So to me, it seems like we're talking about a um, grassroots Christianity entity where you're, you're addressing really what it means to be a Christian in every phase of life. Is that, is that really the nuts and bolts of what we're trying to achieve here? I, I think you're right on target. And, and, and let me just piggyback on what Chuck said there a moment ago. You know, I, I see our graduates in May, and it's, I'm so happy for them. And they go off, let's say, to Cincinnati. And, and as Dr. White often says, this is a greenhouse where, right. we, where we get their growth going. Right. But the greenhouse won't sustain the growth. It has to continually leap. And sometimes I feel like we're sending them as sheep among wolves, right, as Christ said. And the fact that now when they go to Cincinnati, I can say, hey, I want you to contact Spencer Hogan. I want you to get connected with this young professional group. And boom, all of a sudden, like they had in the dorm, they had their small group in the dorm of 10 or 12. Now they have 10 or 12 young professionals facing the same thing they are, similar life experiences, want to figure out how to live out their faith at work, want to sustain and nurture their faith. It is a very nice handoff from the Cedarville greenhouse out to the real world 
where they have a community to help protect them and help them grow. Yeah, so AWOP is actually uh, coming alongside at a very pivotal time in the, in the professional and the spiritual development of our graduates. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So uh, as I look at the time, I know we are rapidly moving uh, away from the time for this podcast. I, I have two more questions. And uh, Daryl and Chuck both uh, talked about the, the, the topic of um, doing research about the origins of AWOP. Uh, what is that about? What do, you, what do you hope to achieve from that initiative and uh, that you can share in this, in this program? I remember years ago when we started that life group for work life and within six months, we'd gone from a dozen people to over 300. There was no marketing of any kind. We weren't looking to do anything but a small group. We were stunned at the way God had moved through the conversation of faith at work and the hunger for it. And I was absolutely befuddled. I'm a guy with a degree in organizational development from Harvard University who has a classic corporate career education. I worked in general management at Procter & Gamble, the Gallo Winery, Lenscrafters Corporation. The thing is, I was trained in organizational development. And as I looked out at this community of people who were rallying together for faith at work, it looked more like an organism than an organization. And I looked at that and I said, how on earth am I supposed to lead that? (laughs) What I discovered was, first of all, God was leading it and I needed to follow his lead. But second of all, God was orchestrating a model for organized Christian activity in the workplace that does not look like the organizational structure of a local church or a parachurch. We are a decentralized, organic network of spiritual influence that canvases an entire city. Mm. We're like the big C church at work Mm -hmm. on a city scale. That alone is worth research and publication. And I believe that this form of network model is a big part of our future as the big C church in a rapidly post-Christian culture and society. And I'm, I, I'm hoping we can capture that in the form of a case study or something like that, because folks approach Chuck quite a bit from around America, from different cities, saying, we'd like to do what you do. Can you give us some guidance? Yeah, it's a great model. We, yeah, we'd love to hand him a case study, at least as a starting point. Sure. Of, you know, look this over. Yeah. So my final question to you, Chuck, is as you, as you look at AWOP, as you look at the partnership with Cedarville University and what you've already accomplished and, and, and your dreams going forward, what brings you the greatest satisfaction? I know this is going to sound so corny. Um, <laughs> it's the back half of our vision statement. It says our vision is to restore full Christian commitment and contribution to work comma, one irresistibly transformed work life at a time. Wow. What moves me the most is to see that one Christian who is so committed to faith at work that they consistently integrate rather than isolate their faith at work. They consistently respond 
to God's vocational call rather than resist it. They consistently commit to kingdom standards at work rather than compromise. They consistently serve people through work rather than sit back. They consistently steward the resources of the workplace for the common good of the city Mm. where they work and live rather than spend it on themselves. And when you find just one working Mm. Christian who lives and works like that, you're inspired. I dream of a day when every working Christian works like that. Wow, that, that is well said. And I, I look forward to that to seeing that as well. And I really do hope that um, this is a model and, you, and your leadership is uh, used to spread this across our country because it's much needed. Um, as someone who's been in the profession as long as I have, I understand uh, how, how we can separate um, our faith with our work. And that's so wrong. And so what you're doing, I, I applaud. And uh, I want to thank both of you uh, guys, Daryl and Chuck, for joining me this week on the Cedarville Stories Podcast. Thanks, guys. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Cedarville Stories Podcast, brought to you by Cedarville University. If you were encouraged by today's episode, share it with a friend. Please rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And connect with us at Cedarville on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another inspiring Cedarville story for God's glory.